Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dive into the thriving local arts, entertainment, and food scene with coasting editor Jerry Boggs and his guests. Let us be your guide to the creative South Coast. All right, welcome back to the uh, another episode of our Coasting Podcast, and uh, we have another special guest with us today. We're very, uh, very happy you're here with us, and I'll, uh, Yaniv, I'll let you introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Yaniv Dinur. I'm the music director of the New Bedford Symphony Orchestra. Well, thanks for coming in, and uh, you're coming in to talk about the upcoming season. Um, and you just kind of released the uh, released the lineup. Right. Um, tell me about it. And I know uh, I'm particularly interested in uh, you had a. Uh, kind of a uh, a base strategy right that you came up with when you started kind of building the lineup talk about that yeah I knew when I started planning the season I knew that I wanted to uh, perform a piece by a woman composer on every concert um, and this is how basically uh, everything else evolved and uh, this is um, you know I guess I guess it's a it was long overdue um uh, last year uh, we did we didn't play uh, anything written by by a woman and and but we weren't the only ones of course not that it justifies it but if you look at other orchestras even the one of the some of the bigger orchestras uh they uh, some of them don't play any any pieces by uh women composers uh, some of them play but uh, a very small amount um so um and and it's it's been talked about a lot um how um music of women composers uh are not really represented enough and not performed enough with no good reason you know so i thought what can we do um um in order to fix that and and this this was the list that that we could do so i actually i sat and i listened to a lot of music written by women composers and it was a hard decision to to pick the pieces because there were so many good pieces uh that that i listened to and i think the ones that i chose our audience would would love are you typically do you try to be kind of strategic when you set your lineup that way is there kind of a common thread that you like to uh like to pluck throughout the entire season or is this kind of a new uh uh approach i think it um it, there's something like that it changes uh it changes every year of course uh and every year it's like a puzzle you know, you you start with one idea and you you kind of uh, build it up and you have the first draft, but then you think, okay, what what am I going to do with that? Or uh, oh, this this doesn't really fit here, so you move it to another concert. And this guest artist, uh, they can't come to this concert, but they can do another date. So let's move them here, and the, but that affects the rest of the program. So it 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 kind of it moves around. Um, this past season, uh, I wanted to do 
uh, I was thinking about doing concerts uh, that each concert will be like a mini festival. So, um, for example, on our last concert, we did both Ravel piano concertos um, on the same concert. Um, Or we brought in another concert... We performed the music of Sibelius and we brought his great-grandson to perform his bass guitar concerto on the same concert. So we're thinking about uh, unusual uh, ideas and and something special in each concert, which we'll also have next season, even more. So it's interesting to think of each concert has to be structured, you know, strategically and carefully and, and tell a story. And then to think of then each concert plays into a season that is structured and tells a story it uh it becomes very complex when you sit down and uh and try to put all the pieces together right it's very complex and uh so and this is why we we're actually opening the season with a piece by a woman composer a piece uh, by vivian fang uh harp concerto wonderful piece that she wrote uh and the harpist is going to be uh, bridget kibay um, uh, that uh, one of the newspaper papers uh, wrote about her that she's the yo-yo ma of harp. <laughs> she's really she she's a really amazing harp player, and uh, it, I think it's important, especially in the first concert of the season, uh, to to say something. It kind of sets the tone for the whole season, and that's why I wanted to start with a contemporary piece, a piece uh, that uh, by a living composer and by a living woman composer. And um, this piece kind of takes the harp to its extreme. And when you listen to it, uh, sometimes it doesn't sound like the harp. It sounds like uh, a sitar or can sound like a bass guitar. Uh, it's really cool. I think the audience would love it. That's fast. I never thought about extreme harp before. So right? That's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of... Uh, it's nice when you get to kind of open people's eyes to something. And, and I'm ears. sure kind of the, the, the... Yeah, in their ears. Yeah, and the women composers is a, is a way to do that. And also, you know, by the selection of the uh, of the soloists and what they can do with their instrument. That's right. That's right. And alongside that uh, piece, we're going to also play uh, Mahler's Fifth Symphony, uh, which, um, what can I say about this piece? It's just unbelievable, monumental, and uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. And so that's uh, that starts off October twelfth, kicks off the season. Um, right. How how much preparation is going in between now and October twelfth? Now that you have the, uh, you know, you kind of have the everything set up. Um, what are the what are the musicians doing? What's uh, what's the process now for the next few months? I don't know what the musicians are doing at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> but I ne- I have a lot of studying to do. Uh, I have to prepare all these all these pieces, uh, all the the new pieces that are going we are going to to perform, and uh, some of the other pieces and uh, that uh, I've never conducted before, and uh, also the the pieces that I've conducted I need to refresh. Um, uh, by the way, uh, the Smaller Symphony is also a common thread between between the season because we also opened our previous season with Mahler's First Symphony. So I was thinking, maybe it can be a tradition, you know, to open every one of our seasons with a Mahler Symphony. Hmm. Yeah. Is it? Uh, it, it what about those works draw you that way? What 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 makes you? Uh... Well, that's a Mahler is a 
personal favorite of mine. Uh, actually, my two fav- favorite composers are Mozart and Mahler. <coughs> and um, <coughs> and um, I, see, I see a very... Uh, unique connection between those two composers um first of all because of the they were from the same area more or less uh but also because um there's something about mozart's music and maybe especially about the symphony that that mozart took the the symphony genre and really perfected it uh we say that Haydn was the father of the symphony, which is true. He, he kind of experimented with the, with the form and, and created these amazing and sometimes very strange uh, pieces. But Mozart really took it to another level. And then Mahler, you could say that he was maybe the last symphonist. And he kind of uh, summarized uh, everything that came before him. So I, spe- I see a special connection between them, and sometimes I like to program both of them together on the same concert. Excellent. And then your second show uh, of the season will be the Holiday Pops concert, which is fun. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before we started about kind of bringing some personality uh, to the uh, to the conducting uh, spot, and uh, that you like to kind of have fun. I bring what I have. I bring my <laughs> my personality. I don't know how it uh, if it's enough or not. But uh, I think those concerts uh, should be um, a lot of fun for people. Every concert should be fun. Yes, but uh, especially those concerts. Um, um, and I, I, I've done uh, many holiday concerts in the past, and and pops concerts. Um, and um, I always think that the most difficult thing for me about these concerts is not not the pieces that we are performing but what about the rest what do we say what do i say between those concerts uh, how do i present them uh, and usually usually i like i like to to joke around and and do fun stuff and that's the most difficult thing to come <laughs> up with new jokes <laughs> because um there's not a, a, a conductor's joke handbook out there that's uh, has. Uh, I'm still looking. For one. <laughs> Maybe you could write that one. That would be your uh, Maybe. retirement. Uh, but my problem now is that I, uh, because it was my first uh, year in New Bedford and I wanted to make a good impression, I kind of took all the all my all of my best jokes <laughs> from last from past years that uh, that I used because you know I, I got to check what works, what doesn't work. <laughs> so I used all of my material. <laughs> on those concerts last year and now I'm out of material. So so I don't know. I think the the next next season is, is going to be a very not funny concert. <laughs> so yeah, lowering <laughs> expectations is good. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice strategy. And then at the uh, at the movie concert last year you were uh, Superman that's right. With your cape. So obviously you have to uh, outdo that this coming year. Cause that's going to be tough. Be. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be tough. Have know. you thought about flying from the ceiling at the Z or... Uh, you know any uh, entrances from from above? I'll. Uh, I don't think they pay me enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> you get hazard pay for those things. Um, and then uh, after the holiday pops in January, you come back with uh, with with some Beethoven. With some Beethoven and with a great artist, um, Yefim Bronfman is going to play the Beethoven's Second Piano Concerto, and we are um, beyond excited uh, by his. Uh, uh, performance and 
him coming to perform with us. And when I first started the season, you know, I I, um, I was thinking um, about the uh, about my vision for the orchestra and about the personality of the orchestra. I mean, what kind of orchestra do we want to be? Uh, what makes us unique? And I told. The, I told management and I told the board and the musicians and our audience, uh, what if we can make uh, this orchestra really good and um, also play unusual programs and attract the attention of the top artists? Um, maybe they can come here and try things before they go um, to perform with the, with the big orchestras. And the amazing thing is that it's starting to happen, and that's uh, one of the first uh, evidence uh, that that uh, Bronfman is going to come and perform with us. And um, alongside the Beethoven, uh, we're playing um, two pieces by Lily Boulanger, um, who was the f- the sister of Nadia Boulanger, the f- famous um, music teacher, um, who taught. Everybody, you know, Leonard Bernstein and Aaron Copland and many others. And um, uh, her sister, Lily, uh, unfortunately died in a very young age. I think she was in her early 30s. But you listen to her music and it's just wonderful. It's so beautiful and tender. And uh, so I thought... um, Beautiful and Tender and Beethoven's second piano concerto that, that is you know, actually the first concerto that that Beethoven wrote and kind of similar to Mozart's um, style. What can we do that is totally different and kind of not so tender, kind of wild (laughs) and savage? So I picked uh, Bartok's Miraculous Mandarin Suite, which is is an amazing piece. Do you like to do that kind of juxtaposition, that kind of, uh, you know, salty and sweet Gentle and harsh. Uh, what draws you about uh, to that kind of uh, juxtaposition? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a natural thing to do. You know, it's like it's like you, you mentioned a uh, food metaphor. Uh, people like uh, to eat uh, salty and sweet. You know, too much of everything is not good. So if you mix things together, um, that's that's the best way to do it. And then your uh, your February concerts called Roses and Thorns. That's the uh, Fits right in. Right, exactly. Well, that comes from uh, the Rosen Cavalier um, suite that we're going to play from the opera of uh, Richard Strauss. And um, uh, together with Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony, so two really uh, beautiful and and popular, uh, well-known pieces, kind of warhouses. And in the middle, we're going to play... um, a cello concerto by Andrea Tarodi, a wonderful Swedish composer that uh, I just loved her music when I when I listened to it, and uh, that was also one of the things that uh, you know you think okay I'm uh, they're gonna do a piece by by a living composer by a woman composer probably ten minutes at the beginning of the of the concert and that's it but I. Uh, it was important to me to to do more than that to play a really uh, um, significant piece, and, and uh, so we're playing a cello, whole cello concerto with uh, um, wonderful cellist that I worked with before, uh, Christine Lee. So that's going to be a lot of fun to meet again in New Bedford.
Excellent. And then uh, in March, you come back up with the uh, the movie night, the sequel. Um, we talked about that a little bit, but you know, I think about you know that concert or the Holiday Pops concert, and do you see those as kind of a way to bring in a new audience? Maybe people who were intimidated or not sure about you know coming to see the orchestra on a on a given night, but now you have them you have familiar music, something that, that maybe they know they understand that's very accessible to them. Do you think it's a way to kind of bring in some new audiences and introduce something new to them? It is. And, uh, but, but, uh, it also fits to, to our classical audience, uh, who, um, you know, we, uh, people like different types of music, you know, they can come to, to classical, they can come to uh, pops, to movie music, holiday concert, uh, we try to, to be broad and open and, and have something that uh, everyone can like, every, everyone can relate to. So that's what, that's what we're doing. And then the season, the season closer is Epic Journeys next May. Uh, right. That's a, quite a promise, an epic journey. <laughs> right. Um, well, but it's also a, a personal journey f- uh, for every composer that uh, is on there. Um, we have a piece by uh, Zosha Di Castri, uh, who is a Canadian composer, and um, she was she wrote a piece about uh, her heritage and what it's like to be Canadian. And then um, we have uh, the Barber Piano Concerto um, with uh, the wonderful pianist Joyce Young. That I'm so happy uh, she's coming, and uh, I can't wait to work with her. Um, and that's such a, a unique and uh, a personal piece. Uh, I think almost every piece that Barbara wrote is very personal and, and you can, uh, very uh, unique style that he has. And such a difficult piece to perform. Uh, I can't believe I chose it, but I, <laughs> I wanted to do it. So we're going to have fun. And also, uh, of course, uh, we're going to end with Rachmaninoff Symphonic Dances. Uh, that was the last piece that he wrote um, when he was here in the United States, um, after he moved here. Uh, also relates to the barber um, because of the American connection. I like that program a lot. And I assume challenging also. Very, very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but really wonderful and um he used uh, uh, saxophone there and uh, piano, and um, uh, it's uh, it's a very autobiographical piece that he's kind of he quotes from earlier pieces uh, that he wrote, pieces that were a total failure, uh, like his first symphony. That after he wrote it and it, it got bad reviews, uh, he had a nervous breakdown, and, and so all of that is in that piece. You yeah. know, part of that journey, right? Yeah. exactly. Epic. <laughs> and talk about a little bit about your journey um, that's kind of brought you here to us today. Um, also an epic one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has to be. And personal. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk a little bit about kind of your background and uh, and how you came to uh, land with us in New Bedford. It's interesting. I, I just uh, I, I conducted um, some outdoor concerts recently, and there was a kid uh, who constantly during the concert shouted at me, 
Are you French or Russian? Are you French or Russian? <laughs> he was so, uh, uh, you know, uh, curious about my accent. And uh, at the end, I told him, I, I, I couldn't ignore him anymore, you know? <laughs> and I told him, I'm both. I'm Frushin or I'm Wrench. <laughs> You know. Freshen sounds better than ranch, I gotta Freshen, say. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but no, I'm actually not. I'm, I'm Israeli. I'm from Israel. And I came to the U.S. Um, 10 years ago, something like that, to study at the University of Michigan. So I spent uh, three wonderful years there. And um, then uh, I got a job uh, teaching at American University in Washington, D.C., I was there for four years, then I got a job with the Milwaukee Symphony. Uh, I'm still working with them, I'm the associate conductor there. Uh, but then there was an opening here in New Bedford for music director, and I took the audition. And um, uh, I loved the place, and um, I, happily I, I won the job, and now I'm here. It's, it's got to be a little bit of a contrast from Milwaukee to New Bedford. I don't think they have, uh, you know, stuffies and uh, a lot of oysters and... Uh, a lot of ocean in Milwaukee. They don't, you know. Um, but we don't have a lot of brats either. Right. So it, it kind of, it completes yeah. <laughs> each other, you know. It, it's special. It's uh, it's perfect for me. It's the roses and thorns together, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Yaniv, thank you so much for coming in. We uh, appreciate you coming, you. Uh, coming by. Pleasure. We look forward to having you back. We'd love to have you back to talk about the shows a little bit more uh, as we get closer to date. Thank you. Thanks. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.